I believe you can do better than that. I want you to give the Lord a good shout of praise. Hallelujah. Well, it's so good to be in the Lord's house this morning. Turn to somebody and say, you look good today. I'm glad to see you in the Lord's house. Amen. It is a good day, isn't it? I, I say all the time to the Lord when I pray, David said, this is the day that the Lord hath made. Amen. And he says, and I will rejoice. I add a little bit to that sometime. I say, this is your day, Lord. And I've already made the decision that I'm going to rejoice and be glad. Hallelujah. When I got up this morning, I made the decision that I was going to rejoice and be glad in this day because it is his day. But not just today. Tomorrow is his day. And the next day is his day. And every day is His day, and I'm glad to be a part of His day, aren't you? Amen. It's so good to see each one of you this morning in the Lord's house. And uh, just take a moment to look over at somebody and tell them that you're glad to see them in the Lord's house, that you're glad that they're here today. Amen. Amen. I, uh, I am uh, delighted to be able to be here with you this morning, and I'm going to go into the Word here in just a few moments, but before I do, I just want to share a little information with you. Uh, right now, your church, after seven years of having Brother Tommy Sandifer as your pastor, uh, I, if he was here, I would tease him and say, after having seven years of him being your pastor, but uh, since he's not here, I won't say that. But uh, it doesn't change the fact, does it? No, I'm teasing. Brother Tommy, a great, great man of God, great leader, great pastor, great shepherd, great preacher, uh, felt uh, that uh, the Lord had brought him to the place in his life and ministry that it was time to transition. And uh, so he has transitioned over to Indiana. And uh, this morning is his first Sunday there. And uh, at Life Spring Church, I believe it is, and uh, we pray for them today as the Lord uh, uses him there in his new assignment. And uh, that that leaves you in a place of transition as well. Not only does the pastor transition, but the church goes through a time of transition. But I'm thankful that a system has been set up through the church that when we go through times of transition that uh, we're able to work together in that and we're able to uh, come up with a plan. Part of the plan, the system that we have with the Church of God, which we're part of, is that uh, when there is a transition in pastoral leadership, that the administrative bishop will come in and meet with the local church and uh, will sit down and come up with some kind of a plan of action to find another pastor to come and be a part of that church. Last night, I had the privilege to meet with the uh, council here at the church. You have five people who serve on your council. These are men that and women that have been elected by this body as a voice of the church when the church is not in session. And so uh, you elect them to speak for you and uh, to transact business on your behalf. So last night I came in and met with them. We met there in the uh, one of the rooms here in the church, and we talked about all of this. I, I brought one of my responsibilities as the administrative bishop is to appoint pastors in local churches. But 
But we do that after we have consulted with the local church and given them an opportunity to express themselves through what we call a preference uh, ballot that uh, says to us that we we will uh, offer someone to you and then you offer your preference to them uh, or to us uh, by saying uh, that you would like to receive them or, or not. And so last night I sat down with the council and I brought four names to them. In fact, four resumes. There were two young men and there were two older men. Uh, you know, sometime when we go through transition, uh, every, everybody has their opinion. Amen. Everybody has their likes and everybody has their dislikes. What one person wants, somebody else may not necessarily want. But at the end of the day, we want what the Lord wants. Amen. And uh, so last night I brought uh, four resumes. Two of them were young men. Two of them were uh, men that were older. Now, notice I didn't say old because they're right around my age. And I don't consider that being old. Amen. I just say older. And so the two of them are older. I asked the uh, council after we had uh, given them the resumes, and we looked through the resumes, and I gave them a little information about each one of those gentlemen that uh, we then uh, called it down to two uh, out of the four that we would like to present to this church uh, for your consideration. And so the plan is that on the, I believe it's on the uh, 17th or 18th, I don't have my calendar right here, uh, not, it's to, not next Sunday, but the following Sunday, two weeks from today. What is that date? 19th. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Uh, on, on the 19th, we're going to have uh, Brother Dennis West that will be with you that weekend. He will be here on Saturday night. We'll meet with the council. Then he will be here on Sunday morning, and uh, he will preach in the service. At the end of the service, you will have an opportunity and an informal session to be able to ask any questions of Brother and Sister West uh, that you uh, would like to ask them. Uh, I just always ask any congregation just to be respectful in any of the questions that you ask. Uh, just consider them. Uh, they're coming in. They have been accepted by God, called by God, and anointed by the Spirit. They are credential ministers, and uh, and they are just in a tri- time of transition themselves. They are currently living in Fort Myers, Florida. He has uh, pastored for many years, and uh, their great leaders have been great leaders through the years. He is from Missouri. Uh, so this is his home state. And uh, so they, they would like to transition back to Missouri if possible. Then the following Sunday, we will have a young couple. Many of you know them, Sean and I forget his wife's name. My mind's blank. Mia, Sean and Mia Siltwood uh, that will be in service that weekend. And uh, they will be here on Saturday night as well. And uh, then on Sunday morning, they will also be here. They will preach in the service. At the end of the service, you will also have an opportunity to uh, ask them any questions that you would like. Uh, They pastor right now up in New York and uh, have been serving there now for several years. Uh, They are actually a part of the Assembly of God there. And uh, But the Assembly of God and the Church of God are sister organizations. So there's movement between the two uh, a lot of times. And so uh, some of you may be familiar with that. Bradley uh, Baker, who was here uh, for a long time with you, came from the Assembly, went back to the Assembly there. And uh, so that is something that uh, happens quite a bit. So uh, Sean and Mia will be here that weekend with you. Then the following weekend, on the 2nd of February, I will be back with you now. 
let me put a disclaimer on that. I'm, I'm booked at another church here in Missouri that Sunday, so I need to go back and talk to that pastor and make sure that I can move him to the next Sunday. And if I can do that, then I will be here on the 2nd. If that will be a problem for him, then I will come on the 9th of uh, February. So that means you will only have two Sundays that uh, you won't have uh, 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 someone in as preaching for you as far as a candidate. But those Sundays will be filled with capable ministers. Sister Sarah is going to be stepping in and helping uh, through this transition. And uh, we're, we're going to be working, but we're going to get this done as quickly as we possibly can. My plans right now is to be here on the on the 2nd of February with you. So uh, I see a lot of churches go through a long period of transition, and I don't think that that's healthy. I think that uh, it's very important for us to have a leadership. Uh, I've often heard the statement made that if there is no shepherd, the sheep scatter. Amen. And we don't want any of the sheep scattering. And we want the sheep uh, to be covered by a shepherd in the church. While we have good, capable leadership, uh, it's still important for us to have a shepherd in the church. So uh, you pray over the next few weeks, and we'll be praying. And we've already been praying, asking the Lord to give leadership uh, to what is to be done here at the Souls Harbor Church. You have a good history. You have a great history. You've had some great leaders in the past, uh, Brother Ryan Retzer, Brother... Uh, uh, Brother Tommy Sandifer, I don't know the others that were here before that. That was kind of before my time. and uh, But great leadership that has been here at this church. And I know that God has someone and that he will send the right person. So just pray over the next few weeks and ask the Lord to give a direction. And uh, next Sunday, we don't have anyone that will be here as far as a candidate, but we will have someone fill in the pulpit. And uh, so you're going to be taken care of for the next five weeks during this transition, I'm going to be your pastor long distance, all right? So if uh, if you need anything, you call uh, Sister Sarah or call any of the council members. Uh, if they need to call me, they'll do that. But we'll make sure that you're taken care of over the next few weeks. Is that okay? All right, everybody okay? You understand what's going on? You understand the plan that we have set? And uh, we're believing God to work out that plan. How many understand that nothing ever, uh, ever takes God by surprise? How many understand that there are seasons that we go through in our life? How many understand that there are seasons of transition? The Bible says that to everything, somebody say everything, to everything there is a season. Amen. And the book of Ecclesiastes talks about that. The book of Ecclesiastes talks about that we go through seasons and, and, uh, in our life. And one of the things that we have to understand this morning is that seasons are not governed by calendars. Seasons are not governed by days and months and weeks, but seasons are those predetermined moments in our life that God has set in order for us. You see, we have to understand that this season that you're going through right now has not just happened. It has not taken God by surprise. There is a transition, the season that you're going through right now that God is preparing you for something else. Did you hear what I said? Seasons, seasons come and in these seasons, God is preparing us for something else. What you went through last week has prepared you for what you're going through this week. What you went through last month is preparing you for what you're going through next month. 
I learned early in my ministry that, that, that God had seasons in my life and in my ministry that he would take me through. And every one of those seasons that I went through was to prepare me for the next place that God was going to send me. I remember in my early ministry that I went to a certain church to, to, to pastor. The Lord showed me two dreams before I ever got to that church that I was going there to pastor. And I was telling a friend of mine one day, we were riding down the road, and I said, it's, it's, it's funny to me, for, the, for recently, I've had two dreams of me going to a certain town to pastor. And he said to me, it's funny that you would tell me that. He said, because last night, I had a dream that you went to that city. Well, I knew then that God was confirming that this was a part of his plan in my life. And so I was excited. I knew that this was God's plan. The overseer, I had not talked to him and not him that I wanted to move and I went to camp meeting the overseer saw me called me over to the side and said Tommy I want you to pray about going to this particular uh, church in this particular town I looked at the overseer and said I don't have to pray about it because the Lord has already shown me that I would be going there I just didn't know what church it was going to be but I knew what town that the Lord was going to be sending me to and so I said to him I, I know that this is a part of God's plan for my life and so so uh, it worked out over the next few weeks that I transitioned there to that town. I was so excited. I told, I told one of our state leaders, I said, I believe that I'm going to go there and build a church for the glory of God. And you know what this guy said to me? Now, this is the way he said it. He said, I believe that you're going to do, I believe that you're going to go and do that too. He said, but you're going to go through a lot of hell in order to do it. Amen. Now, when he said that to me, I wanted to slap his two eyeballs into one hole. Amen. When he, when he said that was not what I was looking for, that was not what I was expecting. I was expecting him to say, I believe that you're going to do it too. God's going to help you. But instead, he told me what I was going to go through in order to do it. And as irritated as I was with him when he made that statement to, him, to me, I found out that what he said was absolutely the truth. Amen. Because we have to understand sometimes when the anointing of God is upon us, whether we are a pastor or an evangelist or a church, when the anointing of God is resting upon us, that there are sometimes challenges that we go through in order for God to get us where He's taken us. Are you okay this morning? I'm, I'm going to come down out there in just a moment because I want to kind of be close to you. Is that all right? Amen. I know I haven't read the scripture yet. I'll get there here in just a minute. You see, what we have to understand is that God takes us through these transitions, but God knows where he's taken us. Oh, I just felt the Holy Ghost. I said, God knows where he's taken us. And God understands and knows the plan that he has for our life. I may not understand what God is doing, and I may not understand why and how that God is working, but I understand this one thing, Sister Sarah, that God is control of, in control of my life, and God is in control of his church. 
Hallelujah. And God in his infinite wisdom looks down and he sees us and he knows us and he knows where he wants to take us and he knows where he wants to carry us. But in order for us to get there, there is a transition that we go through. There is a time, a season that we walk through. And it's important that when we walk through those seasons in our life that we be anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That brings me to my scripture. You can remain seated. Luke, the fourth chapter, verse 1, is a very powerful verse of scripture there. Because verse 1 of Luke 4 says something like this. Now Jesus, I love that. Now Jesus, that word now is not talking about some other time, but that word now is talking about right now, this moment, uh, this time, this day that I'm living in. The Bible says, now Jesus, and I love what it says next, now Jesus uh, being filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Oh, I like that right there. Now Jesus being filled with the Holy Ghost. Another translation says it like this. Jesus full of the Holy Ghost. One translation says that Jesus being filled with the Holy Ghost. Another translation says Jesus is full of the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you this morning, but there's something that I desire more than anything in my life. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I want to be full of the Holy Ghost. You see, we have to understand that we're living in the last days. We're living just before the coming of the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. I know some people say I've heard that all of my life that Jesus is coming but you know what so have I and that just lets me know I'm 61 years old I've been hearing them preach all of my life about the coming of the Lord and it lets me know that I'm 61 years closer to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ hallelujah I believe that we're living on the verge I see the signs I see the things that are pointing us toward the soon return of Jesus Jesus Christ, and I'm looking for Jesus to come again. Hallelujah. And in order, you see, we, we understand the day and the time that we're living in, that there's spiritual wickedness and disease that is stalking the child of God. And we understand this morning that if we're going to withstand the assaults of the enemy in the day that we're living in, it is imperative. Somebody say imperative. What does that word imperative mean? It means that there's no question. That word imperative means it's important. That word imperative means it's necessary. There's no question about it whatsoever. It is imperative. If I'm going to stand against the powers of the darkness of this world that I'm living in and I'm facing and I'm fighting against, it is imperative that I be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And let me just take this a step further here. If Jesus needed to be filled with the Holy Ghost, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 
If Jesus needed to be full of the Holy Ghost, I need to be full of the Holy Ghost. We're talking about God Himself manifested in the flesh. And if God Himself manifested in the flesh on this earth, if it was important and imperative that He be filled with the Spirit, I come by to tell you this morning in Chillicothe, Missouri, that it is important for the Souls Harbor Church and everyone that is a part of this church to be full and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. I wore a suit this morning to try to impress you a little bit. And I try to look as nice as I possibly can. And I try to carry myself with a little dignity. But I want to tell you when I begin to feel what I feel, how I feel right now, I've got that don't care feeling coming all over me right now. If I keep feeling how I feel, I'm not going to be responsible for what happens here this morning because I know where he's brought me from and what he's done in my life and how he has filled me with his spirit and his presence. Hallelujah. You see, we have to understand this morning uh, that we're in a spiritual battle. There's spiritual warfare that is going on. Hallelujah. We're fighting against the enemy of our soul. I'm not telling you anything you've not already known or heard. I'm fighting. You're fighting against principalities and powers. We're fighting against the rulers of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. My God, and the only way that we're going to fight against them is to stand in the power of the Spirit. We must have the power of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Hallelujah. You say, why are you hollering this morning? I don't know. It feels good, I guess. Hallelujah. I told someone one time, I'm by preaching like I am fried chicken. I like it, but I like it hot. Amen. Somebody say, I'd rather have, a, I, I'd rather have somebody low key. Well, let me just tell you, a teacher is a preacher in low gear, and a preacher is a teacher in high gear. Hallelujah. Amen. All I can tell you is that when I was saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost, that He gave me a fire to go along with it. Hallelujah. And the fire still blazes in my heart and in my life. And I understand in order for me to make it to the end, in order for me to make it against the principalities of the world, that I need a fresh touch of the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And the Bible says Jesus being filled with the Holy Ghost, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Why? To be tempted of the devil. Mm. That doesn't sound real encouraging right there, does it? Amen. The Bible says that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. You, some people ask me the question, uh, does God make things happen to me in my life? Does God uh, cause certain things to happen to me uh, in my life? And I answer, th- I answer it like this. Uh, no, God doesn't make things happen to us. Uh, bad things happen to us in our life. Uh, but God allows times of transition to come to us. In fact, Jesus said this in one place. Jesus was talking to Simon Peter one day, and, and he says to Simon Peter, he says, Simon, Simon. Simon, Satan hath desired to have you. Satan hath desired to have you. Well, that's really encouraging, isn't it? Amen. It's really encouraging. Amen. And Jesus said, 
in essence, it, the, the Scripture doesn't record it like this. But when Jesus said to him, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you. Now, I love the way that Jesus did that, Simon, Simon, because he, he was kind of looking at him, I think, like this. Simon, Simon, shaking his head. Mm, Simon, Simon. Mm. Have you ever had anybody say anything to you like that? My mom and daddy used to. When I got in trouble, my mom and daddy said, Tommy, Tommy. When they said, Tommy, Tommy, I knew that trouble was coming. Amen. I, my mom and dad wasn't like the, the, what's going on in, in, in the world today. My mom and dad believed in discipline. They believed in the right hand of fellowship. That means they took that right hand with a belt in it, and they wore my fellowship out. Amen. And daddy, daddy or mama would say to me, Tommy, Tommy, how many times have I told you? How many of us ever did that to our children? I did that my little girl one time. I said, Tori, Tori, how many times have I told you? She was about five years old at the time. She looked up at me, and she said, six. I said, I didn't ask for a number. Amen. Jesus says, Simon, Simon, Satan had desired to have you. And I'm going to add a little Powell-ism in there right now if I can. That, that Jesus may have been saying to him, and I'm going to allow him to tempt you. Amen. I'm going to allow him to come against you because we'll never grow in our faith until our faith has been tried by fire. Hallelujah. We'll never grow strong in our walk with God until we've walked through the fire. But when we walk through the fire, He's there with us. Hallelujah. And we'll come out of the fire without the smell of smoke on us. Hallelujah. Jesus says, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But Jesus gave some encouraging words then because Jesus said, I want you to understand that while you're going through the battle and while you're facing the fiery darts of the enemy and while Satan is coming against you, I want you to know that while you're going through all of this, I will be praying for you. Hallelujah. That's encouraging there, isn't it? Jesus said in another place, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. In this world, you're going to have temptation. In this world, you're going to be tried. In this world, somebody say in this world. Let me just tell you something really encouraging this morning. While you're in this world, there's going to be some tough times. Amen. While you're in this world, I hear preachers tell people all the time, oh, you get saved, give your heart to light, to God, everything is going to be okay, you'll never have any problems. No, no, that's not what the Word says. Jesus said in this world, you're going to have tribulation. Amen. That's not encouraging either. But then he says, be of good cheer. How am I going to be of good cheer when you just told me I'm going to be fighting against the fiery darts of the enemy? 
How am I going to be of good cheer whenever you just told me that I'm going to have a lot of bad breaks? How many? How am I going to be of good cheer when you just told me I'm going to have tribulation in this world? This is why I can be of good cheer. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. And if Jesus has overcome the world, I'm going to overcome the world. And if Jesus has overcome the world, you're going to overcome the world. Hallelujah. And here's Jesus. Now, let me, let me tell you the difference between what Jesus faced here in Luke 4 and what you and I face. The difference. The Bible says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and he was tempted of the devil. You know, he, he, was, he was not tempted by demons. He was tempted by the devil himself. May, may I suggest something to you this morning? That all the problems that you go through and the times when the enemy comes against your life, it is not the devil himself that's coming against you. What do you mean by that? Pastor, Bishop, Tommy, whatever you want to call me. You see, what we have to understand, there have been times in my life when I would say the devil himself has come against me. But I had to realize that the devil himself didn't come against me. Because did you know that Satan, who is Lucifer, is a created being, just like you and I are? Did you know that? Did you know that he does not have the ability to be everywhere at one time? Amen. He can't be over there at Sister Sarah's house fighting against her and be at my house at the same time. He doesn't have that ability. Amen. What do you mean by that? Because, you see, we, we have to understand that, that to, in order for him to do that, that means that he has omnipresence everywhere at one time. And the only one that possesses that characteristic is God. Hallelujah. God is everywhere at one time. David said, if I, if, I, if I ascend into the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, Lord, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and fly to the uttermost parts of the earth, Lord, even there, I will find you. Hallelujah. I, I've been privileged to go to several countries of this world. I've been privileged to preach in, in different countries. I've gotten on planes and I've flown all over this world. I don't like planes, but I fly on them, okay? Amen. I, it's an unnecessary evil, or it's a necessary evil, but I do it. And I, I've preached in different countries of the world. And you know what I found out that was so interesting? That there were times when I would get on an airplane in Atlanta, Georgia, and I flew over across the sea, the Atlantic Ocean, and I landed in Brussels, Belgium. And when I got off the plane in Brussels, Belgium, the same God that was with me over there in Atlanta, Georgia, was the same God that was with me in Brussels, Belgium. Ha <laughs> ha! Hallelujah. I flew on a plane from Atlanta to New York and from New York to Amsterdam, from Amsterdam down to Athens, Greece, and from Athens, Greece over to Rome, Italy, and from Rome, Italy over to Tel Aviv, Israel. And I got off the plane in each one of those places. And when I got off the plane, the same God that was with me everywhere I had been is the same God that I found right there because I serve a God that is everywhere 
everywhere at one time. Hallelujah. But Satan doesn't have that ability. Amen. Well, what's going on then? There's a third of the angels of heaven that were also created beings that was cast out of heaven with him. And they are demonic spirits that are that are sent throughout this world and they're sent to, to torment and to fight against the children of God. Amen. They're sent to fight against us when you're going through your tribulation and when you're going through your circumstance and whatever you're facing, you have to understand that you're fighting against demon powers. And they are on assignment from hell sent against you. Hallelujah. But I want to remind you something this morning. There's a verse of Scripture that says, The angel of the Lord... It campeth round about those that love him and delivereth him. He didn't say that the angels of the Lord. He said the angel of the Lord. Did you know that there's more power with one angel of the Lord that will help us to stand against all the forces of the enemy? And the book of Isaiah, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, he began to pen these words one day. He said, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Hallelujah. Am I making any sense this morning? Are y'all following me okay? Hallelujah. A lot lot of times I have one, two, three points. I don't have that this morning. I'm just telling the story. Hallelujah. And so what we have to understand, we're fighting against principalities. I said that earlier. And, And rulers of the darkness of this world, demonic spirits that are coming against us. But I want you to know this morning uh, that you through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ uh, filled with the Holy Ghost has authority over every demon and every devil that will come against you. Hallelujah. But Jesus faced the devil himself. Amen. Now if you think that what you're going through in fighting demons is bad... Just think if you had to fight the devil himself. Amen. You, you, can, you can, as Emerald used to say, you can kick it up a notch. Amen. You see, it, it, it's another level to fight against the devil himself. But the Bible says that Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil himself. And the Bible says that there were three times in the book 40 days Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days of transition 40 days that Jesus is fighting against the enemy of his soul the Bible says that there were three times that the enemy came against him in a very powerful way and that reminds me that, that there are three temptations especially that we have to deal with that comes against us in our, in our life. And First John 2 talks about those. It is the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life that all of us that we deal with in our life. The lust of the flesh. We deal with the lust of the eyes. We deal with the pride of life that we deal with in our life. Three temptations. And here Jesus is faced with three times that the enemy comes against him. But every time that the enemy came against Jesus, 
Here Jesus is fasting. The Bible says that during that 40 days, he didn't, he didn't eat anything. He didn't even drink anything. Can you imagine how that Jesus must have felt physically? Jesus is weak. He's tired. He, he, he's exhausted physically. If he's like me, he's probably in a bad mood. Because I get in a bad mood when I can't eat. Amen. I like to eat. God gave me my mouth for two reasons, to eat and talk, and I like to use it for both. Amen. And Jesus is not eating anything. God made our bodies to receive nourishment, food and water and drink. But Jesus hasn't had anything. And the enemy is coming against him. Offers him bread. Oh, that's tempting, isn't it? When I was, when I was 16 years old, I worked at a grocery store in uh, my hometown of Albany, Georgia. Albany is in the south, southwest corner of Georgia. How many have heard of those movies, Courageous and Fight, Facing the Giants and uh, full, uh, Fireproof, all of those? Th- those were filmed in Albany, my hometown. The Kendrick's brothers out of the, out of the uh, 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 Sherwood Baptist Church there started those and, and filmed them there. And I, I, was, I was working as a 16-year-old boy in a grocery store called the Piggly Wiggly. How many have ever heard of Piggly Wiggly? We used to call it Hoggly Woggly. I was saved when I was 12 years old. And I was filled with the Holy Ghost when I was 16 years old. I was filled with the Holy Ghost on a Saturday night at 1810 Gillianville Road in Albany, Georgia. It was the house that we lived in. It was not in a church. There was no crowd that was there. There was no music that was being played. There was no preacher that was there preaching. It was just me. I come in from the grocery store that night, and I knelt in the dining room of our house, and I began to pray as a 16-year-old. I was skinny. I had a long neck. I had freckles and a big nose. And I, I worked at the grocery store as what they called a courtesy clerk. That is a proper name for a bag boy. Amen. And I was going through a season in my life that I was seeking to be filled with the Spirit. And it was during that time that I would begin to fast before the Lord. And I spent time fasting and my mother would get upset with me and she'd say, Son, you need to eat. You're already skinny enough. You know, and uh, I, I know, Mom, I'm, I know I'm skinny. And she was worried about me as a mother. But I, I would spend those times fasting and praying. And in those times of fasting, everything looked good. I didn't like squash growing up. My daddy always planted a garden. He put squash in. I said, why do you put that mess in the garden? I didn't like squash. I didn't like turnip greens. I didn't like I didn't like peas and vegetables. I like snicker bars. Amen. They're healthy. They have they have nuts in them. Amen. 
But when I was going through those times when I would fast for several days and I was working at the grocery store and I'm standing there bagging groceries and people have all kind of stuff coming through, the very things I didn't like that made my mouth water. You understand what I'm talking about? Amen. Squash looked good. And I would say, when I come off of this thing, I'm eating some squash. Amen. Turnip greens or anything else. Amen. And it was through a time there that I was going through this fasting and everything looked good. But I want to tell you what, it paid off for me. Because one Saturday night I came in from Piggly Wiggly grocery store and I knelt down in the dining room of our house. And when I knelt down in the dining room of our home and nobody is there, that I looked up toward heaven and I began to ask the Lord to fill me with the Holy Ghost. And you know what the Lord did? He filled me with the Holy Ghost that night. I mean, He filled me from the crown of my head to the very soles of my feet. I began to speak in a heavenly language. He gave me the fire to go along with it. I came up off the floor. I started shouting and dancing. Again, I wasn't dancing to music. I shouted all over that house, Sister Sarah, praying and speaking in a heavenly language. Hallelujah. And I haven't gotten over it yet. Hallelujah. He's still just as real to me today as he was back then when he filled me with the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost. But he filled me so that he could give me power in times of transition and in times of season that, he, that I could go where he was going to take me. Jesus needed to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You and I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I haven't forgotten where I am. Jesus fasting in that time. Can I share with you something? There's a lady missionary, Southern Baptist lady missionary that was speaking at a missions conference a few years ago. A friend of mine who, is, who was a Baptist preacher at that time, and he's preached for me several times at my church in Griffin, and he's still pastoring that Southern Baptist church, but he's filled with the Holy Ghost. His name is Ron Phillips. Some of you may have seen him on TV and you know who he is. Ron Phillips was pastoring Central Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, or Hickson, Tennessee. Got on a plane and was scheduled to, 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 to speak at the same conference. On the plane going to the conference, he was typing out his letter of resignation to his deacon board because he says, I'm wore out, I'm tired and weary, and I'm giving him my resignation when I get back. The plane landed. He goes to the hotel. He unpacks his suitcase. He goes downstairs to where this lady is, is speaking. He slips into the back of the auditorium. He's sitting on the back seat and she's up talking about the places that they are going and they're serving in the darkest places of this earth. And she makes this statement. She says, in order for us to go to the places that God sends us, in order for us to go to the dark places of this earth and face the demons of hell that we face she said it is important and imperative that we be filled with the Holy Spirit of God hallelujah this was not a church of God missionary this was not an assembly of God missionary this is a southern Baptist woman who says we must be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost 
Ron said something happened to him that night. And he said, I went back to my room and I laid down on my bed. And he said, like Samuel of old, I was laying in my bed and three times the Lord called me by name. And he said, the third time the Lord called me by name. He said, I knew that God was speaking. And he said, I threw my hands up toward heaven and said, here I am, your son. Speak to me, Lord. What are you saying to me? And he said, in that hotel room, he said, the presence of God filled that place and God baptized me with the Holy Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what Ron did? He deleted that, res- he deleted that resignation letter off that computer. And he went back and started preaching under a new anointing of the Holy Ghost. And God began to fill that place with the power of the Spirit. And the gifts of the Spirit began to operate in that house. And today is still a great house. Still a great powerful ministry and is full of the it is filled with the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost Jesus Jesus was going through a time of fasting the enemy came against him three times and gave to him the very thing offered him the thing that he needed in his physical body but every time that the enemy came against him Jesus defeated him with the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to tell you something this morning. The Word of God will help us to stand against the powers of the darkness of this world. Amen. I said the Word of God will help us to stand against the powers of the darkness of this world. Head of a whole Every time that the enemy comes against you and every time that he comes against me, I can stand and say, It is written. It is written. This is what the word says. It is written. I stand by the word of God and I live by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Are y'all okay this morning? Is this is this all right? I know this is nothing profound. Amen. I'm just telling you what the Lord has laid on my heart. There are many churches that at one time were filled with the Holy Ghost, but the Spirit of God is no longer present there. We've come to a place and a time where many churches are going through ceremonies and rituals, amen, and programs, and there is no place for the moving of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. But I want to tell you something. If it took the power of the Holy Ghost to get us where we are, it's going to take the power of the Holy Ghost to get us where God has taken us. Hallelujah. If He filled us back then, and it was necessary for us to be filled then, it's necessary for us to be filled today. Hallelujah. Sister, Sister Ann, is that right? Sister Ann come up to me before church started this morning and told me her name. I remember her the last time that I was here. I remember her the other times that I've seen her. She's got a shout in her. She's got the Spirit of God inside of her. There's something, there's an anointing inside of her. Don't you ever lose that shout. Don't you ever lose that presence. Don't you ever lose that anointing. I'm not ashamed of what God will do. I'm not ashamed that when we come together, if the power of God wants to take over and move uh, and the Spirit of God begins to move among us. Uh, I want to tell you this generation needs to see uh, the power of the Holy Ghost at work. 
Hallelujah. This young man needs to see the power of the Holy Ghost. These young men, this young girl, they need to see the power. You know why I'm standing up here preaching tonight, this morning? You know why that I wanted to be filled with the Holy Ghost? It's because I saw folks like Sister Beatrice Fogarty uh, in my home church and Sister Willie Maul Lee uh, and Sister Effie Kimbrell and Brother Ira Lee uh, and Brother Howard Hancock and I can keep on naming you uh, different ones from my home church uh, that walked and lived in the power of the Spirit uh, and when they came into the church there was an anointing that was upon their life uh, and they'd start singing under the anointing uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, and they'd come out of their seats uh, and they'd start shouting and dancing uh, all over the house uh, magnifying uh, and worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and I said I want what they have hallelujah I want to tell you that my idols are not Lady, Lady Gaga Amen. My idols are not the singers and the entertainers and the, and the actors. My, my idols are not the celebrities of this world. I don't want to be like them. I don't want to emulate them. No, I want to be like him. Hallelujah. I want to act like him. I want to smell like him because when I come and you come to the end of this journey, the pearly white gates of glory will swing back on their golden hinges and he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of our Lord. Hallelujah. So I'm going to keep on shouting. If you don't like my shout, I'm sorry. You don't know where I've come from. You don't know my story. Head of Babahiah. You don't know the struggles I've been through. You don't know the, the fiery darts that I fought against. You don't know me. Hallelujah. You may not like the way that I you may not like the way I preach. Amen. You may not like the way that I act. I've been I've been known to jump up in chairs. Amen. I'm too old and fat to do it anymore. Too much. Every once in a while I'll jump up there and say, somebody's going to have to help me get down. Amen. I have more anointing than I had since. I got excited one night in a revival. I was preaching. I jumped up. They had pews in the church. I started walking the backs of the pews all the way to the back of the church. Amen. I jumped down at the very back and I thought, Lord, what in the world have I done? Amen. You see, I, I just want to be like Him. I, I, I just want His presence. And I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to celebrate and I'm going to shout and I'm going to rejoice. Hallelujah. And the reason that I want that is because I've seen Him and I've experienced Him and I know who He is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come to the keyboard, please, if you would. I'm just, just play a little bit. Now, that don't mean anything, okay? Uh, it means I like to preach with music a little bit. No, I'm teasing you. The, the enemy fought against Jesus. But Jesus had to go through. Listen, Jesus has just been anointed. Jesus, uh, just hang with me. Can you give me maybe five more minutes? It's, it's 12 o'clock. 
Well, don't hold me to five, okay? I'll try to do it five. Jesus is 30 years old when all of this is happening. And Jesus is entering a new season. Jesus is about to enter into three years of powerful ministry. Oh, we're about to see miracles take place. We're about to see demons cast out. We're about to see the dead raised to life again. (laughs) We're going to see the unimaginable take place. And Jesus has been anointed. Jesus is entering into a new season. But before he gets to that to that time of miracles, he goes through that time of challenge, of temptation. Jesus has just been filled with the Holy Ghost over in Luke the third chapter. Whenever he goes to the waters of baptism, and he steps over into the waters of baptism, and John, his cousin, is there. And John has been preaching, and John says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But there's one coming after me who's mightier than I. He, he, I'm not even worthy to unlat, unloose his, the, 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 the shoes on his feet. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Jesus comes and steps in the water of baptism. John looks up and sees his cousin that he's been preaching about and prophesying is going to come. He, the Bible says that John baptized Jesus that day in the water. And when Jesus came out of the water, came up out of the water, Luke says this, no other, no other of the writers records this, only Luke, that says, and Jesus began to pray. Hallelujah. Jesus began to pray. Jesus Begin to pray. What am I? And when Jesus began to pray, three things happened. You notice how th- three things, three things. Three things happened. The first thing that happened is the heavens opened. Hallelujah. If you want the heavens to open, pray. Hallelujah. If we want the heavens to be opened over us, pray. Hallelujah. If you want the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the second thing that happened is that the Spirit came down. The Bible says that the Spirit in the form of a dove sat upon Jesus' shoulders that day. So the heavens opened up. The Spirit came down. And the third thing that happened is the Father began to speak. And the Father said, This is my beloved Son. In whom I am well pleased. So see what happened that day. Is Jesus got anointed. And Jesus got affirmed. When the Spirit came down upon him. That was his anointing. And when the Father began to speak. That was his affirmation. And if we want God to move among us. When we pray. The heavens will open. The Spirit will come down. And God will affirm us. So Jesus now, full of the Holy Ghost, goes into the wilderness. He's tempted three days or three times. Forty days he's there in prayer and fasting. And the enemy has come against him. You got verse 14 right there. 
Hallelujah. Verse 14. Luke 4, 14. Hallelujah. I love what happens in verse 14. Amen. You got it there. I quote it. I want to read it. This is Bible on app. After Jesus has gone through that season or that time, after he's been tempted, after the enemy has come against him, the Bible says in verse 14, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. You know what? You know what that says to me? He came out with what he went in with. Hallelujah. I had the Spirit when I went into the wilderness. And I have the Spirit when I come out of the wilderness. I had the Spirit when I started into this trial. And I have the Spirit when I came out of this trial. I had the Spirit when I started into this season. And I have the Spirit when I came out of the season. I still have the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. I've been through some challenges. You're looking at a preacher up here this morning that's been through some storms. I've been through some challenges. I've faced the fiery darts of the enemy. I've had the demons of hell to come against me. But I'm still standing by the grace of God. Not by my grace. Not because of anything I've done. But by His Spirit. Hallelujah. And then in verse 18, the Bible says that Jesus began to speak. In fact, Jesus went into the temple. And when Jesus went into the temple, they gave him a book from the prophet Isaiah. <laughs> he took the word of God and he began to speak the word of God. And this is what Jesus began to speak. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Somebody say that right now with me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I want you to say it as a confession right now. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon the Souls Harbor Church of God. We're going through a season right now. We're going through a transition. But we're going to come out of the transition with the same power and the same anointing that we went into the transition in. Thank God for other pastors that have been here. But there's still a pastor out there that's full of the Holy Holy Ghost uh, that God's going to send into this place uh, and it's going to lead you into a new season uh, through the power of the Spirit uh, and you're going to come out in the power of the Spirit and you're going to stand and say the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for He hath anointed me what are you trying to say this morning, Bishop? I just want to tell you that there is an anointing for a new season over you. Stand with me right now. Hallelujah. 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 
I, I want you to do something with me. I want every person in this place, if you can, I want you to step out of your seat and I want you to come to the front of the church. Hallelujah. Just, 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 just come up here. If you're a visitor, come up here. Hallelujah. If you can't stand, come and sit on the front, front row. Hallelujah. 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 Would you just lift your hands to Him right now? Just begin to honor His presence. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what I felt just a few minutes ago? I felt a fresh anointing of His Spirit settling over the house. Hallelujah. I say that very, I say that very reverently. And I say that very fearfully. I, I was standing right over here when I read that verse of Scripture. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. I felt something settle over this house. Hallelujah. I don't know if you felt it or not, but I felt it. It's like a blanket. Hallelujah. It's like a blanket that God has spread over this house. It is a blanket of a fresh anointing of your spirit, of His spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel like the Lord is saying I'm about to do a new thing in this house. Hallelujah. But what God wants to know is are you ready for Him? Are you ready for this season? Are you ready for this fresh anointing this morning? Do you want Him to cover you today? Do you want Him to cover you? Do you want Him to fill you this morning? Hallelujah. If you do, I want you to begin to pray from your heart with your hands lifted. Father, here I am. Cover me right now. Oh, hallelujah. Cover me right now, Lord. Hallelujah. Cover me right now, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel him over here right now. Hallelujah. Cover you. Cover you. Cover you. Cover you right now. Hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah. I feel him. I feel him. I feel him. Jesus, hallelujah, cover this morning. 
cover, cover. Cover these children, Lord. Cover this morning, Lord. Shama Hallelujah, Jesus. As the head of this house, as the head of your home, cover him, Lord, this morning. His wife, his children, his family, oh Lord. Cover him right now, Lord. Cover him right now, Jesus. Come on, just lift your hands.